Welcome to the Education, Career, and Beyond podcast. We've combined life experience with young adult drive and ambition. Are you just starting to college plan? Did you finish your education and wonder, now what? Join us in this lively discussion about the topics you need to know to create the next stage of your life's dreams, careers, finances, education, and more. Brought to you by Voice for Heroes 501c3. Welcome to another episode of the Education, Career, and Beyond podcast. So excited to be here this week. Powerful discussion that we have. I want to do it justice by actually reading our guest's entire intro because you're going to want to hang on and listen to this. If you don't have time now, save it, come back. We want you here. As always, we have Ed Sanderson, our other amazing co-host who's with us today. Ed, thank you. And Capri is not with us. We miss her, but she will be back on the next episode with her amazing, fabulous, self that we love and treasure so much. But we have Annie Margarita Yang. This guest is a game changer for millennials, and she is uh, helps them with that tired ending run of never-ending financial treadmill. So she is money-saving guru with over a million YouTube views, but she's also written Amazon bestsellers like the five-day job search, which we're going to talk about today, and a thousand and one ways to save money. She is not a Gen Xer, that would be me, or from an earlier generation. She is a millennial who understands how crazy the job market and keeping a positive bank account status is. I'm looking forward to hearing her tips on that. She gets it, the delayed dreams, struggles and the hunger for escape. But here's the thing. Annie doesn't just talk the talk. She walks it. That's why we're excited to have her here to, today to share some of the systems that she's created to make financial freedom more achievable. And also, if you are a millennial that's overwhelmed by student loan debt, we're going to talk about that today and finding a better job, how to pay all your bills, her book, um, the tips you'll need for the Gen Z and want to avoid crushing debt in the first place. We are going to get into this with Annie. This is what happens when I try to read small font. My apologies, but I'm, I'm really excited. She has a vast experience and she speaks our target demographic here, our audience. You, you are here with us to hear from the best, Annie. Thank you. Wow. Thank you so much for that wonderful introduction, Amy. You've got this great energy. It's like, wow. boom! This is actually half energy today. Ask Ed. I'm actually wow. off my game and I apologize. You're, you're just oozing with this charisma and I, I just love it so much. Thank you for having me on your show. Yes. I'm so excited because I get to finally talk to this target audience that I've been trying to reach. Yes. And Annie, I'm a parent of six adult kids between 18 and 32. So you're not only speaking to our audience, you're going to be speaking to me on how I can help them as well. So I personally want to say thank you. I'm ready to take notes. Ed, how excited are you about this as well with all the experience you've had with young adults? In these I'm years? pretty excited because, you know, there's a lot of conversation about education, not a lot of conversation about it, uh, careers, and definitely not about how to navigate the process when you're you're searching. And I would imagine, any whatever you have to divulge to these young folks is not only appropriate for the job market, but also for internships, externships, any way to get your foot in the door. So I'm like, I'm like uh, Amy, I've got five adult kids and uh, I'm gonna pass this around when we're done to make sure that they get the messages <laughs> clearly from the source somebody who's done it because frankly they seem a little frustrated and a little um overwhelmed by the speed of 
I, don't, I hate to use the phrase corporate America, but I'm going to use it in this context to get out there. It's like it's zooming past them and they don't know what the arm wrap looks like or how to get on it and stay on it and progress. So thank yes. you for joining us today. I think there's a lot of value you can be able to instill to these young folks. Yeah, I, I can answer any of the questions you guys have. You know, whatever you're curious about, I'd be open to talking about it. Annie, can you just start with us first on what led to this passion and have you choosing this field to be really an expert in and to speak to? I was a straight A student all throughout K to 12, but I came from a really poor working class immigrant family. So we didn't have a lot of money. And um, when I was 16, I see everyone around me just thinking about what college they're going to go to. And I'm thinking, look, I'm really smart, but I don't know what I want to do. And back in 2012, I was reading all sorts of news reports about 50% of recent college grads are either unemployed or underemployed, and they owe, on average, back then, $26,000 coming out. Today, it's $36,000, but back then, even that seemed like a lot. And I didn't want that for myself because what if I go to college, major in something that I have no idea about what it's like in a real world, actually, and then I come out and I'm not even working in my field, and I'm underemployed, meaning I'm working a job that doesn't need a degree. So, you know, I ended up having this guidance counselor who told me I'd always be a failure if I didn't go straight to college. So I didn't go straight. I thought maybe the first thing I should do is to figure out what I like. And then the second thing is then after figuring out what I like, then I can go fully after it with a plan, like a really strategic plan that will work. Uh, but I, I remember this experience has just shaped my life because I was scared. I was scared. Adults were telling me that I was wrong, right? I was following my heart, but they were telling me that I was wrong. And I came across other adults like Dave Ramsey, who, who were coaching people on how to live debt free. And I was like, maybe he's onto something, you know, like maybe if if I can't make a lot of money, then I can save a lot of money. So that's what got me started. And now I want to give back. I want to help people who who are just like me that my guidance counselor couldn't help because she probably today is still pushing student loan debt. She wanted me to take out $40,000 for a degree in yoga. Like that's how oh, much yeah. she wanted me to do that. And, and oh, I, yeah. <laughs> so that's why well, I do what I do. You would have been better getting a degree on how to be Yoda at that money. Come on. That's oh. ridiculous. Yeah. Ouch. Wow. Well, thank you, Ed. I'm going to let you kick us off. I have so many questions that this 30 minutes ain't even going to be able to handle. But I want to start on this idea of branding. It's uh, interesting because when young people think of branding today, it's usually on Instagram, TikTok. They're trying to create a brand. And I want to get your impressions of how does a young person create or establish a brand that they're going to use to advance their careers as opposed to a brand to try to be an influencer. Can you kind of walk through that and kind of explain the value of a young person doing that? Yeah, if you don't want to be an influencer, it is still important to build a personal brand for your work. So even if you work for a company, in the end, your personal brand is a reputation that follows you online. So yes, definitely you have to start with LinkedIn first. But even if you like have a YouTube, you have a TikTok, you have the Instagram, all the posts, or I, I would say the majority, I'm estimating 80 to 90% of the posts should be related to your work. 
Now, I know that's like really like boring, bland, you know, social media, I think should be a lot more fun and authentic. But if you're someone who wants to get ahead in your career and you want to be known as an expert in your field, that's one of the things you have to do. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I've gotten to the point where I actually don't post much about my personal life anymore at this point. And I'm only 28. You know, I've, I'm still I still have 40 years of my career left. Right. Even when I got married and we had wedding photos, I didn't post any of them to Facebook, which is something that a lot of people do. Most of the things that I post online, even to my personal Facebook these days are related to my work. And mm -hmm. what's what's amazing about this is, sure, the, the people that are connected to me personally, they are personally friends or acquaintances that have met me in real life, they're not strangers. So what am I trying to sell them? But mm. that's not what you're trying to do. What you're really trying to do is like form this uh, social identity. That's still authentic, right? But it's just more like the best foot forward version of yourself uh, to the point where when someone needs help with something, they know they can come to you for that help. Like over the years, many people have come to me for financial help out of my Facebook frenzy. And even this week, right? Because lately I, I'm booked on 90 podcasts at this point. I'm going to be on 500 in the next 12 months. So every time I get on a podcast and it gets moved, I post it to my Facebook. And so I'm like really shameless about it. I'm just like, just got on, in, on a new podcast, take a listen, right? And it's to the point where like someone messaged me and said, you're killing it. You're getting on all these podcasts. Here's my friend. He's a salesperson. He just released a book. Can you can you give him some advice on how he can get on podcasts? So uh -huh. who knows where this will go? But maybe a year from now, I'll be helping other people get booked on podcasts and turning that into a business, right? <laughs> so you never know how something might turn out, even if you post it to your own personal social media. So any follow-up question to that, right? So what about a young person who's in high school, right? The job market for them isn't real, it may be a part-time job after school or in the summer. What would what would the advice be for that young person who's not quite in the workforce, not quite in college yet? How would you recommend they build their personal brand as they're starting to emerge on the scene? My recommendation is they need to first think about what they want. I think a lot of people, adults make this mistake all the time. They first think about like what kind of money they want, right? What, what kind of title? They're, they're not thinking too much. They're, they're, the people who come to me, they're asking themselves like, uh, do you think this job would be reasonable enough to help me pay the bills? And I'm like, no, let's, let's go beyond that, right? Let, let's pick something you're actually passionate about. And first, after you're passionate about that, we know for a fact because you're passionate, you're going to put in your best work. And only the people who, who do the best work get paid the best as well, right? So once you know what that is, then you can create a, a whole career plan, which I can tell you guys on uh, the blueprint on how to achieve that, right? A lot of people think, first, I have to think about how much this pays and go, go in the reverse. It doesn't work that way. So for a young person in high school, first, 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 think about what you want. Like, for example, someone came to me. He was a, a front desk agent at a hotel. And I asked him, what do you want to do? He said, I want to be a hotel manager. And so I, I did the research for him on LinkedIn. And that's the kind of job that takes like five promotions to get there. It's not mm -hmm. something you just, you just like, I'm just going to apply for it and, and hope I get it. No, it's like a, a you climb, climbing up the ladder kind of thing, five different promotions before you're, you're finally like qualified for something like that. So if, if you're young and you're in high school, you got to think more like 10 years down the line, 20 years down the line and, and, 
chart like a path to get there. One other question regarding that. Would you, how would you, um, what is your opinion on them posting information about a part-time job or extracurricular or community service? Is that part of building their brand and their identity even at that stage? Yes. Even at that stage, I think you shouldn't be ashamed, right? I, I remember I was working at like grocery stores as, as a cashier, these like small mom and pop stores that didn't pay very well and i actually felt ashamed like every time someone asked me in real life to introduce myself i'm like hi my name's annie i work as a cashier at the grocery store making eight dollars an hour and and i actually looking back i wish i could do it with more pride and more confidence like no i'm young i'm willing to work i'm not entitled i'm not spoiled you know i have work ethic i show up to work on time every day and i should be able to show myself with the same pride as well, because even at those jobs, you're serving humanity, you're serving yeah. society in some honorable way. Right. So, yeah, go for it. You know, even if it's like a part time job or like a volunteer experience that you're having, I think it's something that you should share online, share your experience, share your expertise, have a blog. This is what I did back then. I, I wrote a blog, <laughs> even like little things like um, I, I came across this homeless man outside of McDonald's. He asked me for change. And instead I took him out like for lunch to find out what his life story was. And, and that was like kind of life changing for me to find out more about how other people lived and the struggles they were having that I turned it into a blog post. Even something simple like that is, is interesting for, for employers. Annie, I'm glad you brought up the topic of work ethic. I want to ask your opinion on this because it was a year ago. I was on the Dr. Phil show talking about this exact, speaking about this exact topic, and I'm still getting hate mail today every time the reruns come on because I was really all about work ethic. I'm a Gen Xer. I've had to work my tushy off. You know, there's just no down day. You work, you hard, you pursue, you lose it, you go build it again, because that's what's happened to us multiple times because of the different recessions and things we've been through at this age in our building years. Anyways, I would love your opinion for our generation today on how you see work ethic so that I know everybody talks about the work-life balance, too much work, too little work. What should we really be advising our young adults on work ethic? Because I find this to be a really hot topic, even with my own children. What switched the mindset for me was back when I had just finished college. I came out of college and I worked at Domino's Pizza. You can imagine how how upset I felt by that. I was like, all my life, everyone's telling me to go to college. I finished college and now I'm working at Domino's Pizza. I was angry. Anyone who came to me and spoke to me that week when I first started working there, I was just complaining all day long. Like, why? I deserve better. You know, why am I given this lowly opportunity? And my friend's father, he's an Indian, so he, they have a different mindset toward work. He, he sat me down. He said, Annie, there's a quota for work. Everyone has a specific quota when it comes to work. The question is, do you want to work now when you're young and able-bodied and you can play later and relax? Or do you want to enjoy your life now? And then in your 50s and 60s, do you want to work because you still have to meet your quota? And I said, no, 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 I want to work now so that I can meet my quota when I'm young, right? And, and that is what's really like uh, shifted it for me. I, I hope that helps. I'm not really sure if it helps, but it worked for me when it came to like, okay, even if this job is not prestigious at all, it doesn't pay very well, but I got to put in my work, you know? Yeah. When you're speaking with other millennials and Gen Zers, do you find this topic to be a conflict where they 
feel like they should be further along or they they don't want to do any more. They, they asked me to do work that wasn't in my job description. I'm not going to do it. Like, how do you look at putting it out your best, even if it's outside those boundaries? Oh, I, I honestly, I cannot get along very well with people who don't put in their best work. I, I'm actually in the workplace. I'm a target. Then, by the way, thank you. I get targeted by other people because I go in and I hustle and I put in my best work and I will outwork everybody, you know, when it comes to working for a company. So I've been targeted and, and bullied for that. So, um, what? I, yeah, Wait. I, it's, it's a common trend in the workplace when you're really good at your job, other people, instead of trying to step up and try to meet you at your level, they just try to pull you down by doing little insidious things. Um, so I I don't say that I've gotten along very well with people who, who are like that. Most of the people in my circle and the people I attract into my life because of the kind of person I am and the people who kind of like really love me because of that are also people who work very hard. Yes. Yeah. Like attracts like. So, yeah. I love it. Thank you. That's so helpful. I'm, I- I'm sorry. I'm still shocked about the other thing i i know i shouldn't be but i am it's like everyone's trying to pull people down instead of trying to lift them up that's at 28 that's just mind-boggling annie as a as a woman and entrepreneur at 50 it still happens to me yeah it's normal you're shocked ed but you know i've just come to accept that's just how it is and if i wish it were any different i think i would spend the rest of my life really upset right you know what it is i'd rather just put a smile on my face and uh, put my head up high and go like, I'm better than that. No. You know what? I, I shouldn't be. I think I use that phrase because it's shocking, but I respect that you just, you know, you you kind of bear it and you kind of move forward on it. I re- That's the part that I should be commenting on is the fact that you understand what it's going, what's going on and you're able to withstand that and put a smile on your face and move on. That's, that's well, really the attitude that matters. Those guys, they don't pay my bills. Right. <laughs> right. They, like my boss is the one who writes my paycheck. So the only person's opinion that matters is my boss. Yeah. All my colleagues, whatever they want to say about me, whatever mis- tiny little mistakes that they turn into this big elephant, it doesn't matter because they don't write my paycheck. So that's what it is. Man. Yeah. Hey, Amy, we could stay on this topic for a while, but I think no, we got to move no. around a little bit, right? I, I mean, know. I was, I'm, I'm Annie, we got to get you back. I'm already saying it. We got to get you back because I'm sure Capri who's, you know, in her sophomore year in college has got some thoughts and questions about this. Too. Yes. We'll have I to do a part like- two on this. Well, I'll, I'll get on Annie's radar soon because she clearly books up. Annie, I am so, I did, I think about 160 podcasts this year and I was so proud of myself. And you just said how many you've done. That's it. You win. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but you're hustling. You're putting yourself out there. You're on brand and you're showing the world. Here I am. Here's what I have to say. And you're creating that visibility because you never know where that's going to come back to you. And then when people see your social media, like you were saying, there's no question as to who you are and what you do. If I see someone who knows me and they ask me, what do you do? I am shocked because if you follow me on online at all, that should not even be a question. And I think what you're saying is to really take that same approach. So there's just no questions to who you are, what you do, what your passions are and what your career is. Correct. Correct. It's all about exposure. This is yeah. also part of branding. Uh, you guys are here in the United States, so you guys probably know the Liberty Mutual commercial. It's always of like course. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Yep. They always got that 
a tune going, you know? And exactly. it's, it's to the point where like, they just want to drill it into your head. Liberty Mutual, right? We know it. So it's yeah. like the same thing for your personal brand over and over and over again, consistency and the exposure until it gets More into of your career, life. less of your lunch. That's what really yeah. we need to start doing. <laughs> <laughs> I want to switch over to the book. You have an incredible book, best-selling, The Five-Day Job Search. Let's start discussing a little bit what content and what you have in there and what you do advise on this job search process. Because I was actually just having a conversation about this last night with one of my adult children, um, maybe starting that job search process again. And I, I feel like I'm so far out of it now that I don't even know how to advise. Because you're, you are an executive director of a nonprofit. That's why you're like at the top of your game already. Maybe you don't remember what it's like to be a beginner anymore. Right. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Be tenacious. Ask for the job. Ask for it. Go get it. Anyways, we want to hear your advice on this. Let's talk right. about the one-day job search. Well, since the audience is like, you know, either fresh out of high school, fresh out of college, the first thing everyone needs to do is they need to get a professional headshot. That, I understand it's expensive, but you need to save for it. Somehow find the money to pay for it. Put it on your credit card, whatever, it, because it will pay for itself the moment you get a new job, right? So you need to get a professional headshot, go on Google and just type headshot photographer near me and look at all the profiles and the portfolios and find one that has the kind of vibe that you're going for. Not all photographers are good photographers, right? <laughs> but I just, I just really want to emphasize because this, I see too common on social media, especially on LinkedIn. They, they take a selfie with their iPhone or someone took a picture of them at the park. You see that one. Um, or they, it was a picture from a wedding. They think because a professional photographer took it at a wedding, it must be a professional photo. Suitable and you can see their partner cropped out of it. Right, right. <laughs> So yeah, that's just, it's not suitable. It's not suitable at all. Um, another thing is to think about what kind of position you're going for. Like for example, somebody uh, came to me last week. He said he wants to work in plastic recycling sales. So I asked him, well, what does a plastic recycling salesperson look like? Like if, if I go on Google and I search plastic recycling sales representative, it'll come up with a whole bunch of images. Uh, we, we typed that into Google along with the word headshot. And then we found a picture of a man that I thought was really handsome and like very well put together. And I said, that's someone I would like to buy plastic from. <laughs> so I was like, so why don't, you, why don't you get a headshot that looks similar to this? Like that kind of vibe. And look at what he's wearing. He's wearing this like light blue shirt, right? With a very casual blazer. And I, and I also noticed that... Um, the guy who came to me, his in his headshot, the collar was a little like flappy, you know. Is and I, I'm not familiar with menswear, but I asked him why in this nice headshot the guy's collar collar is like really stiff. And he said, "Well, he's wearing like a, a thicker shirt." I said, "Then then wear that, you know, <laughs> like basically try to mimic that kind of look that you're going for, so that your your photo is basically for the job that you want, not for the job you have, which is." unemployed or, or part-time at McDonald's right now. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. That's awesome. Um, Amy, did you have a follow-up to that? No, no, you're on. All right. So I mentioned this before we went to air and I really want to dig into this as much time as we possibly can uh, before we have to get out of here. A lot of young people that I've worked with are, you know, I mentioned it in a previous question, you know, they're on TikTok, Instagram. When we have a conversation about LinkedIn, I'm blown away 
that the 17 to 20 year olds don't know what LinkedIn is. And it seems to me, and then they're like, I might have to talk to my parents about that. And I'm a little confused by that statement because they're on Instagram, Facebook, not Facebook. I don't think that's where they hang anymore. Uh, you know, all these places. And it would seem to me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that there's a logical progression between getting from the fun side of social media into the business side of social media. And I'm sure you, ex this is really in essence what I observed about what you're talking about and what the path of your book seems to be going in. Can you talk about the place LinkedIn plays for a young person for internships or even trying to get that first job? You made a comment about, you know, you getting a job, you know, you didn't have a degree in accounting, but you got that. How much does LinkedIn play a role in that? You've already talked about the professional photograph, but talk about how it can be used to advance or even begin a career. I personally, I didn't have a LinkedIn until I was 24. So I understand oh. what, you know, these people, these kids, well, young adults, now young adults, right? <laughs> uh, their reservations about making a LinkedIn because I was really resistant. Like my husband always said, you need to make a LinkedIn. You need to make a LinkedIn. I got married at 21. So already wow. at 21, he's like telling me, you got to make a LinkedIn. And I'm just like, no, you can't make me make a LinkedIn. I'm never going to make it, you know? Um, because I felt like I wasn't qualified to make a LinkedIn. I'm like, you know, working these jobs. I'm working at Domino's. Do people who work at Domino's make LinkedIn profiles? Like I just felt really out of place. You know, I felt like it wasn't for me. I felt like maybe if I even put on my profile that I was working at Domino's, other people looking at my profile is going to judge me and go like, ha, 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 she's a nobody <laughs> or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, there is a place for LinkedIn for everybody. Even if you're unemployed, you got to make a LinkedIn profile because when I was trying to get a job, that first accounting job with no accounting degree, the recruiters that were contacting me, they were like, where's your LinkedIn? Where is your LinkedIn? I'm looking all over for you on LinkedIn. I cannot find anything about you. And then I had to explain, well, I don't have a LinkedIn. They're like, then get on LinkedIn today. You know, they were really harsh, really harsh. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I was like, why are they hounding me to get a LinkedIn? I don't understand. But now this is five years later. Yeah, I think everyone, even starting at 18 years old, should already start getting a LinkedIn because that's where you can already even if you're you're not working you can start connecting with other people in your industry like one of the best ways i think a young person like if i had to go back and do everything again is to use linkedin to like if, if i have a podcast and i say hey i have a podcast and i would like to interview you you're you're a professional in your field yeah. i would like to showcase your work and get you on my podcast right mm -hmm. and, and i would use that like as an excuse if i if i could go back to like connect with industry professionals because if i make them look good they're going to be happy and and they'll tell everyone about me right and then by the time i need a job maybe three years later four years later and i and i reach back out and i say hey do you know of like any opportunities that would be a good fit for me they'd be like oh yeah i remember you you know like you exactly. you, you did great things for me i'm gonna return the favor for you annie and, uh, that's brilliant that and, was what i was looking for right there yes and don't just set it and forget it. Updating. Talk about how you go in and manage it. Updating. You know, it, it, it really depends, right? You, I, a lot of times, I personally, I don't even know what to put on LinkedIn, like as posts and stuff. 
unless like now I'm getting on podcasts. So every time I'm get, I'm on a show, I share it. I'm like, I, I was, I had a great time on this person's show. Check out this episode. Right. So it's not about me. It's about the other person who hosted me. I try to make them look great instead of making the focus on me. Um, so I'm, I'm still like trying to up my LinkedIn game as well, but another company, um, not company, this professional association, that's like brand new for entrepreneurs and business owners. They came to me, they said, we like how you're, you're rocking it on social media. We want you to help us with our social media. Can you come up with a plan? Uh, so this is what I did for them. I said, okay, let me use ChatGPT to like make a list of all the <laughs> professional associations out there. So I asked ChatGPT, I said, give me a list of like the 50 um, most popular or most well-known professional associations for business owners in the US. And it gave me a list. And I said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm just going to type each of these into Google and find their LinkedIn page and see what kind of posts they, they make, right? And I'm just going to take notes on what kind of posts that they make. So a lot of times they'll post about a new event, even if it's not an event they're hosting, but like a good business event other people should attend. Or um, maybe about like a new internship opportunity that's open or about this event that already happened, like so happy that these speakers were here and in a photo. So basically, uh, by the end of it, I had a list of 20 LinkedIn post ideas for this association. If, if I had to do it for an individual, I would just follow the same thing. I would ask like, okay, what field are you in? What position are you going after? All right, let, let's look on LinkedIn for people in this field and this position. And then let's see what they're posting. Right. Right. And let's let's take notes on what they're posting to give you some inspiration for what you can post on your LinkedIn. I think that is the best way You're to repurposing out. great content. It's out yeah. there. All we have to do is find it and utilize it correctly. Yeah. To, to reach our own objectives. Not necessarily repurposing. I would say um, it's almost like I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with music. Right. There's like 12 notes in in um, in an octave, basically 12 yes. notes that are white, white keys and, and black keys. But out of 12 notes, we've created like infinite amount of songs. Every song sounds different from just this, right? So just like this research for what to post on LinkedIn, if you have just 20 kinds of posts to work off of, I think you can create like an infinite amount of posts from that, um, not from copying other people, but in your own style. Love it. I got to tell you, the thing that stuck with me in that answer was promoting other people. Yeah. You get something out of it at some point, maybe, but the interest is in the other person, not necessarily in yourself. I think that was a gem. That was, I think young people need to be thinking yes. about what can I do to help someone else? And by extension, maybe I get something of value from it. I, I really, really like that. Excellent. I, man, I could stay with you, my East Coast friend, for hours but we can't <laughs> so annie it was an absolute pleasure to have you on here today thank you so much for the information you distilled and i gotta tell you folks if you want oh amy you read my mind if you want to know how to do what a young and what blew me away i had a thought pop inside of a thought 24 <laughs> she started at 24 before she even had a linkedin account <laughs> 28 best-selling uh, uh, best author, consultant, people are coming to her. It can happen in a relatively short period of time, but you need to start with this five-day job search. I recommend you guys go get the book. Yes, the link is in, in the comments and in the show notes wherever you are enjoying this podcast. I want one. I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to order one. I want to get that. Offer. 
I've got a special offer for the audience. If Go they, ahead, do it. Right here, you see in this video, it says buy my signed copy now. Uh, when you do that and you add the book to the shopping cart with the coupon code BEYOND, B-E-Y-O-N-D, they can get a 10% off discount on the signed paperback copy. If they buy from Amazon or Barnes and Noble, it's not going to be signed by me. And this is going to be for a limited time only. That's fantastic. Annie, you've been very generous. Thank you so much for your time. On behalf of my host, Amy, and our missing associate, Capri, this is Ed. And you know what? Another gem, a career, education career and beyond. And I think, Annie, you hit it all. I liked how you focused in on how the education is part of the conversation, but the career is really the driving part of how you can get financially independent and have, uh, you know, we didn't talk about this, but obviously you have a rewarding career. You love what you do and finding that is part of the journey. So thanks for being on with us. This is a great episode. If you like it, give us a thumbs up. I guarantee you there's a parent out there or a young person who needs to hear this. So share it with them. And we've got wonderful guests on all the time. Please subscribe and then make sure you check out Annie's website and her book because it's amazing information for everybody. I would even say some of us 50 somethings, this is the stuff we need as well, particularly if you're transitioning or making a change or you don't, you don't know what to do in your later part of your career. Annie, again, thank you so much. I appreciate you joining us today. Ed and Amy, thank you so much for having me on your show. I really appreciate coming on today.